Welcome to Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. Q is about conversation. If we're really concerned about ending poverty, we've got to be more concerned about creating justice. Our cultural products as Christians need to both defy and resonate with the culture. And God's doing amazing things. His church is expanding. His church is growing. It's not what's the purpose of my life. It's what is the purpose that's been assigned. Stay curious. Think well. Advance good. This is Q. At least for me, the Spirit of God has a really kind way of bringing things away from the surface level where my wounds or my frustrations or whatever it may be sit and where they do for a lot of people and drawing them to the deeper place, the why. And I really believe that if we'll be diligent enough, if we'll care enough to press in to explore and understand the why, heck, this generation is like hashtag deconstruction central. Well, deconstruct to the why. Hello again, and welcome to Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons on Faith Radio. I'm Paul Perot with Gabe, and we want to quickly get to our great conversation that you, Gabe, had with a good friend of yours who has spoken before at Q events. Her name is Mo Isom Aiken. And she has an incredible story, and you're going to hear some of that in just a moment. But she's a New York Times bestselling author. She wrote the book Sex, Jesus, and the Conversations the Church Forgot, as well as a book called Wreck My Life. And she's just been one of those people that has put it all on the table. She shared her story, her struggles, a lot of what she walked through in college with porn and promiscuity. And she just talks about it so that people feel a freedom to really wrestle with sin in their life, as well as God's amazing freedom that you can find. And you're going to hear that in this conversation today. And I want to just encourage you when you listen to this, just let God speak to you. We've all walked through sin. We've had enslavement to different issues where the enemy has tempted and he has won. And this message is going to be one for you today of where you can fully appreciate the freedom that God wants and how he has done that in her life so faithfully and how I know it can happen in your life. And again, this for us at Q is part of our book tour. And so every month we're interviewing and introducing you to somebody who's written an incredible project. And we want you to know about it because we think these topics are so important for our time. And they range from cultural issues to issues and conversations like we'll have today that deal with our heart, deal with us as Christians, really knowing our identity and who we are. Yeah. And again, this is part of the Q Ideas book tour. Currently, we're featuring Mo Isaacan's book, Fully Known, An Invitation to True Intimacy with God. Along with information about the book, there's a nine-minute talk from Mo you can watch. But right now, sit back. Let's enjoy Gabe's conversation with Mo around the book. So many people, and I will say for me personally, I just want to say I love, you're like a warrior. I mean, I feel like when I hear you talk, when I hear you encourage people and teach, it just comes from a place of strength because of conviction that you carry. Mm -hmm. And you just are so faithfully taking a message forward of truth in so many categories. And I kind of want to start like in the category, your story. And I feel like when I met you and first got introduced to you, you were just boldly talking about sexuality and you were talking about your own experience in the world and in college and how God just arrested you with truth. And, And for listeners who maybe haven't heard your story or heard that talk yet, all of you can go watch this as part of Q Ideas and part of Q Media. But um, share with us a little bit about just your testimony and, and your story and why you felt 
it was time to come out and start talking about it. Yeah. God, he's just faithful and, and just kind of illogical the way he works. So boldness comes from a place of understanding deeply the scripture that invites us to boast in our weaknesses so that we can point to the glory of the cross. Where, where Jesus found me was such a broken, dysfunctional, hypocritical place. I mean, I'd navigated identity issues and you know, perfectionism struggles. I was, a, I was an athlete, a high-performing athlete in college, all that kind of comes with that. Had walked through eating disorder, self-harm. I'd, I'd lost my dad to suicide after my freshman year of college. And then just radically encountered a true relationship with the living God uh, in the midst of a really horrible car accident after my sophomore year of college. And I'd grown up in the church. I mean, I'm in the Bible Belt. I'm an Atlanta girl. And so knew a lot about God, but it wasn't until, uh, (laughs) until he arrested me with his mercy that I realized Whoa, I, I, I resonate a lot with the Samaritan woman, this woman with all of this baggage, you know, all, a reputation really that precedes her because in the midst of all that grief and loss and challenge and struggles, I'd sought really any sin size piece to fill this God sized hole in my heart to just numb the pain. And so uh, especially sexual promiscuity became this really easy, hello, it's college, it's <laughs> It's not challenging to uh, find brokenness there. And it became this easy outlet that ultimately just enslaved me. And I met Jesus and just like the woman at the well, he called me redeemed and it made no sense. And yet it catapulted this urgency, this fire of, whoa, if he would see and love the rebel like me, the hypocrite talk the talk, but in no way walking the walk behind closed doors. You know, this mess of a woman, if he would do it for me, let me just <laughs> run headfirst through any wall that is, is you know, imprisoning anybody else yeah. who might resonate with that story. And so I started ultimately first sharing just my testimony and then realized, you know what, there's a layer here of sexual brokenness, confusion, I mean, addiction to pornography, you name it, that was mutually redeemed when I came to know Jesus and changed everything. And so I just started speaking into that space. And wow, the response. And I feel like that's when I first, I first heard your story, you were speaking, I believe it was Liberty University. So 12,000 college students. And the power with which you shared your story of struggle with porn and sexuality. And let's talk about identity for a minute, because I feel like that is, that is the space where the enemy's constantly coming after our kids, coming after our teens, all of us. Mm-hmm. What is it about when you start to recognize where identity's found that just transforms your boldness, your courage, the way in which you've lived? I really believe that to rightly understand relationship with God, to rightly be able to even navigate intimacy with God, which is where our fire, where our boldness, where, you know, truth comes, uh, where he speaks and it shifts everything, right? To understand intimacy with him, we have to rightly understand our identity. And I think what was profound for me was It was like in all of my mess and all of the confusion, they were all of these symptomatic responses to me really feeling confused, 
abandoned. I mean, I'd had my earthly dad put a gun to his heart and pull the trigger. What I began to perceive of this heavenly dad, everyone talked about this father was uh, that he'd abandoned me, that he'd leave me too, that I needed to perform and prove my love. And, you know, all of these misunderstandings that we have about who he is, who we are, it's the enemy's greatest work. If he can deceive us into who God is, if he can deceive us, you know, into who we are made in the image of our maker, if he can deceive us to the goodness of the love that exists there and the beauty of the discipline and the conviction and the sanctification, you know, all of these compound layered, but beautiful things. If he can confuse us to that, he can keep us disconnected from it, from From the power source. source. And so when, when I met him and he revealed to me my identity as his and redeemed it, it shifted completely my desire to draw near, you know, my desire Mm. to press in and to, to navigate relationship that, yeah, just like you said, our power source where, where everything was found. As you were just stating, Mo, I mean, your new project, I love it because you're starting to write about this intimacy and the book is called Fully Known, An Invitation to True Intimacy with God. And I think about your story and the loss of your father at such a young age. And for so many people that, that didn't have a good relationship with their father or they've walked through the loss of that relationship, the idea of intimacy with God, the father becomes a major hurdle. Mm -hmm. It's a difficult thing to start to imagine a heavenly father in a way that maybe is different than an earthly experience with a father that maybe wasn't so good. Talk a little bit about how God used your journey there to prepare you for, for true intimacy and to experience it maybe in a deeper way than you ever imagined. Yeah, it really, I think the, the broken perception of, you know, intimacy with my earthly father was kind of the the catalyst. And then came broken interactions, uh, intimate interactions with many people following that. And so where things began and how things became confused, this invitation to intimacy with God, to know him, to be known by him, to navigate relationship with him in the Hebrew, like we see in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, not all who say to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. All these people argue back their works. And his response to them is, away from me, I never knew you. Well, this variation of the word knew, the Hebrew, it's, it's yada. And it is the deepest form of intimacy. That's what that word means. This layered, complex, profound intimacy. What Jesus is saying is, even above your works, even above your performance, even above all of these things, I want to know you intimately and deeply. And when I had to wrestle with that scripture, I stepped back and realized, wow, every intimate relationship from my father, which is intimate in the familial sense and in an authority sense, to then my interactions with other people and a response to my grief and in my own sin and rebellion, all of these different forms of intimate exchange, I've navigated and experienced brokenness in. Yet they've like kind of foundationally built my understanding of what it must be like to navigate intimacy with God. And I hadn't realized that till I sat and wrestled with this scripture of like, why am I so scared to draw near to you? What am, what am I confused about? 
And like I mentioned earlier with my dad, it was the thought that I have to perform. It's this performative faith. Let me keep you proud of me, God. Like, let me, let me make it so that you love me so much. You won't leave and go away like my dad did. Um, And then, you know, in the intimate exchanges with people that followed again, there's this performative make them stay type thing. There's this used and abused sort of, no matter what I give you, you know, you still want more. You're never satisfied. There's all of these really unhealthy perspectives of intimacy that I realized I was harboring that ultimately kind of compelled me into, well, I'll just do things myself. You know, I don't need other people. Right. And therefore, I don't need God. <laughs> I don't, I'll just be a better person myself. I missed how his love as father, as friend, as bridegroom, if you want to talk about the, the intimacy that is really unveils the fullness of the gospel, his identity in these different forms, I needed to let him heal my misunderstanding of every single one of them mm-hmm. so that I could understand him rightly. Mm. The one who's made covenant, who stays who loves, you know, that the intimacy with him is transformational. It doesn't leave us fearful and in a need to perform or else we burn out. Right. But intimacy with him is the very thing that breeds these works born of the spirit that sees kingdom come. Mm-hmm. That's really hard work to do and <laughs> to invite people into. And I hope that, you know, the, the new book shows sort of the process of that and challenges, but also invites people into this really real, rich, healed relationship with God, because it changes everything. Yeah. Do you feel like it's part of a storyline that people have to walk through some significant, almost crisis, tragedy, Mm. hitting rock bottom to rediscover a new level of intimacy with Christ that's just hard to come by till you've hit that point? I, I hate to say yes, because I look at my husband who really hasn't had to navigate deep trauma in certain ways and yet faithfully follows and loves. And our experiences um, are very different. The way in which we commune with God intimately look different as a result, but they both yield rich fruit. And so I think, you know, Everything is sort of dependent on our our perspective, right? I mean, rock bottom for one is probably different than rock bottom for another. Tragedy for one is different than tragedy for another. But I do think our circumstances in our life, he uses all for his glory. That's what his word says. And our weaknesses are okay to understand, to embrace, to even boast in because they reveal the glory of the cross. They reveal to us the deeper and deeper layers of his heart with everything we navigate. I mean, I I recently navigated miscarriage. That was a whirlwind. That was something I never thought I would walk through. And yet somehow knowing intimacy with God allowed me to navigate that and not get stuck. And in the same breath, understand deeper parts of him. And this is what he wants for every single one of us, right? Bring me your life. Bring me your burdens. Bring me your past. (laughs) Bring me your present and know me, discover more of me and who I am in the midst of all of that. And I think a lot of the times our rock bottoms or our circumstances, they, they cause us to run. They certainly did in my life, but man, if we could course correct and run to him rather than away and trust that he's going to use it, (laughs) He, he doesn't put a thing to waste. I think we would begin to understand 
man so much of his heart in so much more of a tangible way. Well, and I like how you describe more of even the way God set up the family and set up sex and marriage and human relationships to reflect this deeper principle. Right. Um, we know that these spiritual truths do show up physically. They manifest themselves in our lives, and it gives us really a vision back to what did God design? So it's not only intimacy with God the Father, but it's you're helping people understand how to not just go for the counterfeit in relationships, yeah. but to really experience the the true thing. Can you... Can you share a little bit more about that? I think we're in a season where people have lost understanding of marriage. I was looking at some data the other day where I think it was 40% of millennials believe marriage is obsolete. You know, wow. like it's just not working. It's not something they're interested in. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've seen cohabitation continue to rise as a model for how a man and a woman decide they're going to try out what it would be like to be in a relationship. And some of those get married and some of them don't. But, but the point is there's not really this appreciation of marriage that there once was. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you're trying to help people see a vision for this from a kingdom perspective of how important marriage can be and helping you even uncover and discover your own selfishness and our need for one another. So share a little about that and why that was so important to unpack for people. Yeah, you know, it was the very model that the Spirit actually used to open and unveil uh, my eyes. He kind of flipped it backwards. He, he used the model by showing me the truth of the Scripture that says, like, even if we were silent, the rocks would cry out. All of creation sings of God's glory. All of His design, everything we can look to, every beautiful rhythm, every pattern, all that he designed tells the gospel story. When I understood, when he began to show me as I kind of process that yada intimacy, because what's really interesting, I mentioned that Hebrew word earlier, the other places in the scripture that that version of no or new is used is in a sexual context. So like Joseph had not yet known Mary or, you know, he took his wife and he knew her. And when I started to see that, I was like, Lord, why did you use that in this, (laughs) in this passage, speaking to those who are calling you Lord, you know, or that you're saying who are welcome and who are not in the kingdom of heaven? How does the sexual context apply here? But that was when he used this picture of marriage, this picture of covenantial love, this picture of sexual intimacy this refining, vulnerable, transformative, fruit-bearing, literally life-sowing, life-bearing intimacy to reveal the full nature of his gospel. And I was like, pump the brakes, Jesus, walk me through this. And he just really showed me step by step, piece by piece, how the relational model that he designed and was good is good. And the model of physical intimacy that he designed and is good in its right nature design, how they ultimately prophesy and point to the full nature of the gospel. When you see it that way, when you start to let the veil be pulled back from your eyes to see how the physical creation in its right nature context is revealing the gospel. Then there's not so much of a wrestling match of trying to convince someone, hey, no, marriage is a good thing. 
And they're like, well, I saw divorce. I saw adultery. I saw, you know, all of these different things in my life growing up. So no, marriage isn't a good thing. I don't want to, to make the covenant. Why would I have to, if I can just move in with somebody? But when you can start to see, whoa, there was a purpose to every piece of this. God's showing a purpose to every single piece in the order in which he designed it. It starts to make living that out this great adventure and this great desire because you learn more about God in the process and you're reflecting the glory of God in the process. And so at least for me, the spirit of God has a really kind way of bringing things away from the surface level where my wounds or my frustrations or whatever it may be sit and where they do for a lot of people and drawing them to the deeper place, the why. And I really believe that if we'll be diligent enough, if we'll care enough to press in to explore and understand the why, heck, this generation is like hashtag deconstruction central. Well, deconstruct to the why. And I believe they'll see, man, the the glory of his design all the more. And, And it's what I did. And it made this rich invitation to marriage, which is really hard, made it really holy. And seeing things that way uh, changes, I think, how we approach it each and every day, and then how we approach God each and every day. Well, Mo, I know you also, God gives you visions and you speak prophetically uh, in, in your blog and your Instagram on YouTube. And I'm curious when you were kind of birthing this book, because I know writing, it's like such a process. And I know you've yeah. just birthed the baby too. <laughs> uh, congratulations, by the way. Thank I know you. that's your fourth child. So, I mean, you're, you're trying to manage all this and, but, but when God put this message in your heart and said, Hey, this is the one I want you to speak. Mm -hmm. As you think about just our context right now, why do you think this was so important for the church to hear for maybe people who aren't in the church to hear? Yeah. What's so wild about God is he's so right on time. So when this message was coming to life, I mean, this took two years to write. You know, I never could have anticipated, obviously, where we would be presently when these words came out. And yet saying yes, then understanding the vision, you know, exploring it, unpacking it. I find that this message right now is one of the most important messages that the church needs, because what I saw at least and observed through 2020 was we kind of went two ways. There was a group who in the process of things shut down, in the shaking, in the disruption to the normal, in all that changed in 2020. There was one group that that caused such a disconnection, a disheartening, a frustration, a confusion, and even for many, a turning away from God because I really believe that so many had relied on the institution or the teacher or the rhythm or the normal to carry out their faith walk. And when that shifted and disrupted, I wanted to reach out to every single one of them and say, have you never been told the spirit of God wants to dwell in you that when all is shaken, when all is shifted, when all changes He is still near. He is still with you. We can stand firm on this rock of our salvation. We can know the still small voice. We don't have to only kind of consume from the regurgitated intimacy of our favorite people on Instagram who put out words or our pastor. Like you are invited into this intimacy. 
but I saw, you know, many that really struggled and some who fell off. And then I saw this other camp of people, the second part of this split, that it was like in all the chaos and the trial and the change, their hearts lit on fire. Their intimacy with God exploded. Their faith and their courage and their determination, it was so real and so rich and so alive. And it was almost this revival of the revelation that we are the ecclesia. We are the church, my body, me, you, a living temple. It was a beaut- It was a shaking that was hard, but ended up being beautiful because it activated the church like she hasn't been activated in a while, kind of shook some awake. Right. My heart is celebrating, cheering forth, you know, the second group. But these words, I want to extend and reach that first group because what we need to know as the people of God and be reminded of even more so is that we were made to know our maker created to commune with our creator that each and every one of us have access to the spirit of the living God that there is nothing of our past no shame no trauma no fears there's nothing in the present that seems like maybe a tornado has just hit (laughs) normalcy and everything's wild there's nothing nothing that is outside of his hand and there's no step of our journey that we have to take apart from him. Again, that was Mo Isamakin and Gabe talking about her book, Fully Known. And Gabe, I've not read the book yet, but your conversation with her has really got me interested in doing so. I think as you can just hear her heart, her voice, her care, her concern for the church, her desire for people to fully experience the freedom that God offers. I hope it encourages you. And maybe there's somebody around you that you love that's walking through a challenge right now. They're walking through a struggle. They're not really sure where they fit in. They're not sure how God views them. I think this type of a book is going to be the perfect gift this summer for them to read. And then I also want to invite you to go back and watch the nine minute talk that she's given. It's an exclusive talk on Q media. It's also available at qideas.org slash book tour and hear her describe her passion for this. Well, we are out of time, but again, visit qideas.org slash book tour for Mo's video, this conversation, and more. Thanks again for listening to Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. I'm Paul Perot with Gabe. Have a great week. This show is made possible in partnership with Faith Radio and Northwestern Media.